Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm in Bronze League on Marvel Snap. And I, I, I hate it. Uh, uh, I assume that that is like... I, I'm Jay. I assume that means that you're like with the biggest of big boys and... and... No, no, no. That's not the biggest of big boys. I, I mean, well, I don't know at this point since like the game's new. So I have no clue uh-huh. like who the big boys are or where they're at. You know, Bronze is like essentially the second league up it's it's not even close i mean from there you go to silver then gold then platinum then diamond then vibranium then omega then galactic and then infinite so i'm that far down uh i only know that my brother is infinite he is yes holy crap i think i think he has played a sinful amount of this game already uh you would have to because but I think he also has. Well, I think also. Let's see. He told me the coworker like bought himself a bunch of the gold. I think is the one currency that you can buy. Yes. And also gifted. He also gifted my brother several bars of gold or whatever. So. But I think he's yeah, played at a time. I think he has a job that permits playing of snap even more than Trevor's job. <laughs> he's he's not, i mean you can buy whatever you want that's not going to get you the infinite i mean you still have to win you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm currently trying to play with a deck that he copied to me which i think i might be missing a character for it or something but it involves moving my cards around a lot and i'm not sure that i get it yet interesting uh, i I, I, would I'm love, Josh, I would love to way, try this uh i will i will copy it over to you in a moment I'm I'm assuming it involves vision since vision can move multiple times. Mm, it, it, if it does, then that must be the card I'm missing. Yeah, I don't have vision yet either, and I'm higher collection level than you. Um, so I, I guess news and announcements with um Discount Games Inc. Uh, for for those who have been keeping track, I assume you already know this, but um a while ago. Private Press announced that they were were going to be pushing back their release date um, of the starter boxes for the Signar Swarm Legion and the Orgoth uh, raiding party, um, and it uh, they did a an announcement a, a blog update I guess um, of uh, where things are at, and so. The the where where things are at currently are that um, first of all uh, they they don't have a new date yet for the releases they said that they've made about eighty percent of the uh, Orgoth starters and are just about to start on the Signar boxes um, they are launching the new War Room uh, at the in a couple of days. Um, and it's going to have cards in it, um, but it's not going to have damage tracking in it. Um, for so for those people who are playing at Warfare Weekend, they're, they're, they said that they're going to be adding that after Warfare Weekend. Um, they also said that like I've I've been getting solicitations from them, and it's still saying like in January that the releases that they're that they had on their initial roadmap are still coming out in January, and and in their blog posts they're like, oh, we're just going to you know, try to catch up on things and uh, skeptical game retailer is, is skeptical of this. <laughs> skeptical gamers are as well. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, I, I trust me, I would love it if, if they did that. Um, but 
that's the current state of things. Um, hopefully they they manage to get things released soon, and it does awesome. So um, I guess stay tuned for more updates with that. Um, so while I was doing an anniversary trip, you guys did a local uh, board game convention uh, called Icon and played lots of stuff and, and we're going to talk about lots of stuff i believe so where do you that want to start definitely the plan uh trevor played more games than me so start with him i would guess oh geez you're gonna put me on the spot i just i mean i know the first game i played Man. when i arrived and it was with trevor uh, well then let's just talk about that one what, what well game it's was it? it's it was north card oh okay the board game well, which let's start jay with cunning uh essentially drug dealer that he is had dangled uh no i asked for it yeah he oh, asked you me did. to order it for him oh yeah, yeah. i thought I was, you brought it to just... his attention no i don't think so uh-uh. <laughs> no <laughs> fine fine nope nope i dug it up and and so it was kickstarted um and i knew it was coming along eventually um and i hoped that it arrived before icon um, but yeah, I, I asked him to order it for me and it, it did arrive before icon and I read the rules and, um, it is a, I mean, the way you would describe it is a deck building 4X, I think. And, and that may not be adequate because the deck 4X building light though, a deck building light, right? I mean, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you are going to potentially add between you might you seven to 10. Is it possible you could add 10 cards to the deck over the course of the game? Um, so you add one card per round, um, plus, and there's seven rounds, um, and then there is two cards you can upgrade and add to your deck for a total of nine cards in the in the normal game. There is a extended version of the game where you play for 10 rounds, so you could add more card. You could add a potential of 12 cards. Um, a big portion of the game is also culling that deck, so um you know you could remove some cards as well and see the cards that you want a little more frequently um but the truth is is you only draw four cards a turn um so you your deck starts out with seven cards in it which means the very first card you gain goes into your on top of your deck and you draw it immediately on the second year um so yeah i mean some of these cards you may only see say twice in the entire game or if it's one of the last cards you get you may only see it once so the deck building part of it is is light i mean it's not like one of those deck building games where you build your deck and you're you're rotating through it multiple times and get to build these combos and it's really not a game of combos so at least not in my opinion um I don't know, maybe Josh feels differently, but there are some, I guess, minor combos, but the truth is, is that's not really its intention. The card building is um, actions you're going to take. So you're going to play a card, you're going to do the action. um, And as you get new cards or better cards and build your deck that way, the actions just get better. You know, there's not like combinations of things like you would get in in the traditional deck building game. It It is a 4X. Um, it is about exploring, um, uh, you know, expanding, exterminating. Um, I don't even remember what the fourth X is, but it does all those exploiting. things. There's exploiting. exploiting. Yeah, you're exploiting the terrain. That is true. You are um, gathering wood and food and other things like you would in the video game. Um, it it does a very light interpretation of the video game. I feel like it does a good job of providing the feeling of the video game with some of the theme of the video game with not trying to directly translate, which is a good thing. You can't always translate a video game, especially an RTS and make it feel right. So um, since we played it, Icon, I've played a few more times. And and one of the things that we did not play there was the, the creatures um, portion of the game, which is, you know, part of the video game is that as you expand, um, there are creatures basically in the terrain that are waiting for you and sometimes can be somewhat painful um, to deal with. And that theme definitely comes across. My wife was not happy um, <laughs> with the number of creatures that, that seem to be attracted to her um, small civilization. So Did what, you, were, what were your thoughts? Well, 
Well, I wanted to play it again, so I was I did enjoy it. Um, you know, because the deck building is a little bit it's a little bit drafting, right? Because like there's yes, you're, you're, there's a number of cards laid out, and you get an opportunity to pick, you know, from one of those cards what will go in. Um, I I um, fool that I am, I think made some poor. Um, well, I'll just call them life choices, but poor deck building choices early on. And and I, I ended up kind of with a deck that was pretty combat focused. And I don't feel like the game is very forgiving to a combat heavy strategy. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Am I wrong, Trevor, having played it some more? Like, it just feels like combat is pretty punishing. So I think that it somewhat depends on the clan that you're playing. Um, and the clan that you played, if I remember right, was not the best at snake. combat. It was Snake, yeah. Yeah, was, I, I feel like you had you're some more, weird combat tricks. Yeah, and the, so the Snake token that you were able to place out, I feel like it's better at more, that the token is better at harassing than you are at attacking. I think you sort of got a little bit fixated on the fact that the token gave you a bonus in combat when really... Um, really, benefit. its ability to steal is is probably more beneficial. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are clans that are quite strong at fighting, um, but the truth is, is that the board game does a fairly good uh, feeling, just like the video game, in that if you spend too much time in combat, it is a little bit of a waste of your time. Um, you're really kind of driving yourself and the guy you keep attacking towards the bottom while everyone else is busy winning. Um, I will say that with the creature um, creatures added in, that changes a little bit. You do have to, you're forced to fight the creatures um, because if you don't. So my deck would have been a little better. Yeah. If you don't fight the creatures with the creatures on the board, they'll come at you. Like they move and they'll come in at you. So you really must be prepared. Um, I mean, your goal with the creatures, the creature is a little different, though, because um, you really should set yourself up to beat the creatures in a single blow. Whereas when you're fighting other players, that's... You're really just trying to drive them back. Yeah, you're more trying to drive them back. If you really want to eliminate them or remove them from the board, it would take multiple turns. But for creatures, you can... If you out... If you have more power than they do rather than pushing them back they die okay okay so um the, there's a very different game that goes on when when the creatures are on the board but the truth is is that you really don't want to invest too heavily into combat i don't think um unless unless you're a combat centered clan so sure but th- there's two expansions coming out for it soon um i thought that it did a really good job of of playing the 4X light. I mean, if I want to sit down and play a, a 4X that finishes in, uh, say, 90 minutes to two hours mm-hmm. instead of, you know, a three-hour to four-hour clash of cultures, um, then this is an interesting one. I I, I still don't like it as well as uh, Golden Age for that slot. I think Golden Age is still a better 4X for the really – because it's faster and uh, probably does it better. I, I hate to say that because I really do like this game and we played several games of it and I want to play it some more. Um, but if you're looking for specifically for a really light 4X that's quick, Golden Age is better. That's um, fair. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and I will say like the production was really nice. The art was really cool. Like I, there, there's just a lot to recommend about the game. Yeah, and it, especially if you're a Northgard fan, if you've played the game, you enjoy the 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 themes, you like the clans, you like the the whole uh, things around it, I guess. Then this is a you know a shoe in. You should try it. Um, if you like bigger, longer 4X games, this isn't for you. Um, you know, Clash of Cultures or uh, you know Twilight Imperium. Those are should be your the ones you're focusing on. Yeah, even I'm trying to think of some of the lighter civs like. Civilization, Dawn of a, or New Dawn, that's probably about as light as the Golden Age is. Mm, Golden Age is lighter than that. Anyway, so yeah, I, it, it does occupy kind of a fun, slightly lighter niche of yeah. uh, those type of games. So, um, The next game we played is one that my father had kick-started, I don't know how long ago, and I have a confession. 
anytime my dad kickstarts something, I panic <laughs> at, the, at the thought of playing it. Because I'm just like, well, oh, this this could be so bad. Yeah, and, uh, and when he first pulled it out, I you know I started looking at it, and I'm like, I was a little worried because it was um, not because your father kickstarted it, but just by looking at it, I was like, like what are we what are we getting into here? You know, is this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't right. I didn't recognize the 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 publisher. I didn't know any of the names. And sometimes when you get on Kickstarter. Um, and somebody, you know, does their first project or whatever, you don't know what you're getting, you know. And exactly. I'm guessing this is not somebody's first project. After, it is after not this company's first project. And it's part of why I was a little nervous about it, um, because their their other project is like a weird Settlers of Catan meets. Um, I don't even know what it meets. Like meets a random maze game or something that <laughs> okay. well, the pieces look similar to the, these, the, you know, the art is very similar. Um, and now I can't remember what the freak it's called. I'm going to look it up, but anyway, I did not like it. And so that's part of the other reason I was nervous about this age of Atlantis game. Right. But uh, that's is, the name. Of, I couldn't think of the name of it. age of Atlantis is the name. Yeah. Of the game. But I was going to say, so, can you just you gotta describe it, Trevor, while I look this up really quick? Um gosh, I'm not sure I know how to describe it. So it's it feels like um a, a worker it's a worker placement, uh, but it's it's also a little bit of a each worker can take multiple actions, but the more actions you take, uh the more you degrade that worker. So yeah, yeah. So taking a, a just doing the normal action with it. You don't risk any de- degradation of the worker, but you also potentially don't maximize your return. So it, it is. It really felt like it was about a proper placement of workers and how far you should push them. And honestly, the game was it was way better than I expected. I had a lot of fun. I really did enjoy it. There was asymmetrical powers and asymmetrical paths to victory um, in some ways. So you had a lot of similarities between the um, four factions, I guess. Uh, but each of them had a very unique power. And honestly, that power in every single situation really dictated the, kind of the best direction towards victory for each of them. So we, it felt like we were all sort of doing very different things, all of which were scoring points. Um, so I had the the faction I was playing was the kind of the building faction. And I didn't realize this when we started. And so I started building all these buildings because my it, I was just looking at my board and I'm like, okay, well, this seems like it's going to be, you know, the proper path. And no one even told me that. I just, the, the powers on my board sort of lent towards building buildings. And after I built like my second or third building, my wife was like, how many of those buildings do you have? And it, it was it was at that moment that I realized as I looked up that I had uh, that like you four, were different than other civilizations. Yeah, and that I had four times as many buildings as everyone else. Like I could literally build four times more buildings than everyone else because they didn't even have the option to do what I was doing. So so I, I okay I I realize I have failed uh, in in our discussion about this and we need to pause here for one second and go back to north guard okay and as a, a bit of pre-ramble um i have come to realize that um really i have one grading uh category that i rate above everything else okay um and and this was part of the reason why when you guys talked about um twilight inscription uh, i got less excited about it uh, okay. after hearing you talk about it um but that that category is replayability okay because i have accepted of myself that <laughs> i hate learning games <laughs> and so yeah if i'm the going reason to i learn... love going to icon is because half the games i play somebody else is going to teach them to right sure yeah sure so uh if i'm going to learn a game it's one that i want to play multiple times and so uh what would you rate the uh, replayability of Northgard. Oh, I so, would actually rate it decent. Yeah, like I would give it a six or seven. Yeah. So the the replayability aspects of Northgard, just really quick. The cards that you draft from to build your deck, you do not use all the cards. 
there, there's certain number of them that are dealt into the deck and the rest are returned to the box. So each time you play, you may see new cards. Now they're limited. So in the base game before the expansions come out, which I don't know when they're coming, but they're going to add more cards to that deck. But in the base game, um, it would take you probably two or three games before you saw all those cards. Some of them you would see every game. Some of you, so that aspect is totally replayable, um, and a great and it's a great replayability part. The the scoring cards are also random, um, and they are the seventh last card that you draft, um, and those are pretty unique as well. And they really kind of push your strategy and those are dealt out at the very beginning of the game so you get to see kind of what you should be working towards um and the last aspect that's that provides replayability is the different clans in the base game there are seven different clans we have not seen all of them yet and i've played three games um and while they don't have drastically different powers they have kind of a base power and then three clan cards that make them unique and they're unique enough that they're interesting without being totally relearn the game because you're a different clan. Whereas I feel like Age of Atlantis, just moving forward to the game we're currently talking about, I feel like the the three the the four different um, available factions. There might be more than that, but the four we played um, were also quite different, but not enough that I would have to feel like I relearned the game. I would just have to rethink my strategy with the different one. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say Age of Atlantis has less replayability than Northgard. Still fun, yeah. still interesting. Um, yeah, really, so, really the only difference, the only uh, changes from game to game are which faction you're playing. But the the Age of Atlantis game itself is going to be, it feels like it's going to be very similar each time. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I was what I was going to say is so the publisher of that Age of Atlantis is. Um, El Dorado games and the game that my dad had backed previously there is called the Island of El Dorado and it really feels like a more complicated Settlers of Catan with this like race element and there's even a dungeon delve part it it, it it's like the constituent parts did not go together well in my opinion and it overstayed its welcome which like Jay is realizing that he wants games he can replay a bunch of times. I'm realizing that if a game overstays its welcome, I I am not its friend. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because you like long games, but they need to be engaging throughout. Yeah, yeah, it's not length. It's it's wrong length. You know, it's 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 longer than it should be, kind of thing. That mm-hmm. there's something about that that gets me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, one of a game that I really enjoy. Uh, but I, I've played it one time or twice maybe, and I know that it'll never get played again, uh, is a game called unfair. <laughs> and, and the biggest reason they I even never... republished it and renamed it and stuff too. Yeah. The biggest reason I will never get a chance to replay it is because Josh hates it. Cause it, he, <laughs> he feels like it overstays its welcome. It's so true. I hate it so bad. <laughs> I feel this after one play. I, I know I feel bad about it sometimes too because I have the same reaction to um, my brother loved Seventh Continent and like on paper that that game should be right up my alley. Like it's, it is, it's good. I don't understand why you don't like that game. It's just like somehow it put me to sleep. Uh, I'm looking at Board Game Geek. I'm so cruel to it. I rated it a four. I'm oh a my gosh. <laughs> you are a monster. That game is fantastic. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I think that's enough of Age of Atlantis, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, if you're, if it sounds remotely interesting, um, you should look it up. Um, you, you are playing some of it a co op competitive game you're defending the city of atlantis from those attacking um uh, which we didn't talk about but there is a a combat element that's it's simple but it is you're you're trying to defend the city and you have to do it together so uh, a little bit at least there's some reason why you would not right yeah you all can lose if you if you if you done screw up right Mm -hmm. you done screwed up aa run exactly uh, so our next play was one that is becoming a classic now, and that was Return to Dark Tower. 
the co-op homage to Trevor's childhood. <laughs> yeah, Which I, by it. Yes, but I love that. Yes. So uh, we used my iPad with Josh's tower, and the iPad directs the tower to tell it what to do. And on my iPad, the there's an option in the options to <laughs> switch the sound um, that it uses from the from modern sounds to the sounds that the original tower made back in the 80s. And I have that set just by default to the original tower sounds. And um, and Josh's son Jed, I think he was losing his mind. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> because it, it was, was making all these funny sure. sounds. And he's like, why is why is it doing that? <laughs> like, I think he, for a minute he was worried that it was broken or something. That was funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, gosh. And we played it with the expansion, not the not the most recent expansion, but the Alliances expansion, which um, does make it harder. It does make it more interesting. I've lost track. I don't remember who we played. I've actually played the I've actually played it two or three more times since Icon. And so I can't remember who our big bad guy was. Oh, um, but yeah, I don't remember either. But I will just say the in the end, the, the outcome was this, about the same outcome that has ended up for me about every time I played it, which is like, you know, you think you're going to make it. And then you're like the coyote that has run out over the cliff and suddenly looks down and realizes that gravity exists. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were so close. I've been close a lot of times, and honestly, <laughs> it's always a challenge, um, and and it always blows me away when I watch um, the Facebook group how many people say that the game is too easy. Yeah, that's a, and, and to and be I, fair, like I think almost every time I've played it, it it's been no, I've played three player games. I, like I just have wondered if like is four player making it harder? You know what I mean? Or four, or four what? player does make it harder. Um, I think that uh, three player is the easiest in my experience, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I, having seen some of them ask rules questions, there's certainly a, a little bit of a cynic inside of me that believes that many of them are not playing the rules correctly. Yeah, but there's an asterisk which uh, with every one of their quote unquote easy victories. I have no idea. I mean, but yeah, I was certainly... about I was about to say that it sounds like they're all uh like josh's brother and playing the rules wrong fair suspicion yeah i i am suspicious of it i i will be on it so but uh anyway that thing holds up like it, it it's just such a well done like even if it were not an homage to an old game right it's just well done it 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 forces some tough decisions you know and it gives you to me it always at the end it gives me that feeling of like oh if only we'd have you know i should have thought of this you know well mm-hmm. next time i mean it gives me that well next time feeling all the same time yeah and it it always does a really good job of maintaining tension um the the months pass by at just the right amount of time that like if you waste any amount of time whatsoever or have a little bit of a hold up you're going to fail that month's quest it just it really feels like it does that that it has that razor's edge balance between success and failure and a few player mistakes ends up putting you on the side of failure and then you you go you get that that feeling that Josh has of well crap if we'd done this just slightly mm-hmm. different <laughs> we could have won and and that's what makes it so great and and because the app and the tower itself maintains so much of the bookkeeping it just feels like you're always engaged you know there's a little bit of a downtime when it's not your turn um and and another complaint i guess you could say is that the game is very expensive it is an expensive board game well especially if you're going to get it with all of the the awesome models and you know which yeah i am what i am i'm not going to do it any differently than that yeah, the plastic tokens, the the card sleeves, the I mean, I've got it all. It's 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 a lot of money. Um, but yeah, it just it does a lot of things really well. I mean, to be fair, just look at the names that designed it, and that explains an awful lot about what we're right. saying here. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, if you haven't got a chance to play it, 
find a friend with too much disposable income on their hands and convince them to get it for it so that you can play it because it, it is I do have the second printing on order on the retailer pledge uh-huh. so, so that someday I'll, I'll have it in stock at Gameopolis I like it that's exciting yeah well and like, that will be with all the goodies or whatever too I believe so I don't I think that I think I ordered like a larger number of the base game and then some number of additional goodies as well. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you know it's limited production because they don't want to they don't want to go in overboard, you know, with such an expensive board game and have them sitting in right. a warehouse somewhere. So, I mean, if you want to get a copy of it, you kind of got to be on the ball because it's I you know I I just don't think they're going to keep reprinting it. It's just, it's kind of a big project, so. Yeah. Right, yeah, agreed. Um, next up, I guess we sort of did a funny little filler. I, sometimes sometimes the internet has an effect on me, and I buy <laughs> random things, okay? I'm just going to come right out and admit to it. Uh, and so I had purchased a game called Wormholes, and it is the theme of the game is that you are the uh, captain of a ship that's capable of um, creating wormholes in space. And, and so it's this little hex board and you fly your ship around and it's a pick up and deliver game, you know, meaning you're trying to get passengers to matching planets and, and you'll eventually you'll fill the galaxy with, you know, these wormhole pairs and that will affect, you know, who can get what, um, who can get what passengers to wear and, and, you know, what comes of all that. Um, it's, it's quick. Uh, I think we, we actually, I think, didn't we, we ended up playing it like not three times consecutively, but over the course of the weekend because it was quick enough. I think, I think I did play it like three times. So I frankly got my money's worth out of it, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was just kind of a random filler that we ended up doing. What, what did you think? What did you think of wormholes, Trevor? So your pet peeve is games that overstay their welcome. My pet peeve is games that finish before they fully develop. <laughs> before you get to see the engine run all the way. Yeah, and this is a game that ended before I felt like the engine was going. So um, I guess maybe because it prom- it gives you each player five wormholes or ten tokens, you know, two ends. Yeah, ins, five pairs, right. Five pairs of, of wormhole ends, and you go out and start laying them down and um, the game ended before anyone put their fifth wormhole down in, in any of the games. At least yeah. And any of the three that we played, I think that's true. Yeah. And, and so I, maybe I felt like I was promised one thing and then delivered something else. I don't know. I did enjoy the game. It is interesting. Um, I loved the concept um, and it was fun. It just each time, um, so the first game, I um, I felt like I somewhat randomly won it just because things sort of just came out the way I wanted them to um, early. But, you know, I was well, you, the yeah, you, game. you rolled the dice. You you went into a black hole early on and it threw you into like a really favorable position, which I thought was it was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I I was still playing for the long game, but I got lucky and won the short game. The the second time I played it, or the last time we played it, um, I was still playing for the long game, and my my board was still developing, and the game ended, and I ended up being basically in last place. Um, so I I don't know. I I don't want a game that overstays its welcome either. You know, it needs to be the right length. I guess it needs to be that Goldilocks, um, happy medium. But um, I I have more tolerance for a game that overstays its welcome than a game understays its welcome. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, next up, let us speak of my second favorite game of the convention. Uh, Real quick, before you go, ahead, go on, uh, let's we've, we've talked a little bit already about um, you. We've done an episode on return to dark tower before. Um, I'm assuming it gets highest marks on replayability. Oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I've played it. I think I have six or seven plays under my belt now, which frankly is almost as high a praise as me watching a movie or show t- twice. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's just 
yeah so with the base game there's only four heroes so if you're playing just the base game you're going to get a little tired of those four heroes i think um with the expansion there are, are six heroes so you get some variation there um there is tons of variation in the creatures you see and the bosses you fight and the and quests the and quests you see and, and the, the treasure yes and the um the npcs that join your quest those are all unique each time it feels like like there's just tons of replayability there and that's where really where it shines um, okay, and then on, on wormholes oh well i mean we played it three times in a weekend like it, it's super replayable because it because it's a filler i mean it, it really is fast, a filler. yeah 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 and it's easy to explain. I mean, you could you could take somebody who who's at least familiar with board games, have them sit down, and you could explain it in just a few minutes. And be yeah, going. I mean, I taught it to my nine year old on one of those plays. We taught it to just a random gal that was there, and who, who did definitely could have familiarity with board games, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, so that one's very replayable. I don't know uh, that I want to replay it very many times though. <laughs> uh. <laughs> was uh, was the lay the layout was random, right? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. It's it's the each of the hexes is two sided. Yeah, that there yeah. is some some replayability in that. It would help if there was a little more variation in the hexes, but I understand why it's difficult to do so. If you had too much variation, right, so you'd have to remove some cards from the deck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so next, Trevor, it is time for you to speak to Jay about roll and roam. Okay. So Roll and Rome is um, a roll and write that is one that I, I backed multiple years ago. Uh, when it first arrived, I it, it had gotten some unfavorable reviews, so I put it away and really didn't pursue it. Um, and the reason it had gotten some unfavorable reviews is because it was a roll and write. And when roll and writes really started becoming more popular is they were the concept of roll and write is you know roll quickly write down move on and the whole game ends within you know 20 30 minutes in general um and roman roll is not that at all it is it the game is more like a two hour long game um or longer and it is much more involved there's a lot going on the some of the complaints were that that the game was should have been a more complex board game that had chits and other things going on rather than a write, a roll and write. Um, and so time has passed, and I think some of the opinions, of, and certainly my opinions of roll and writes, have developed a little bit. So in Roman roll, there is a, a set of dice that gets rolled by the um, first player, and then they get to pick one die, and then you go around the board and everybody picks a die, and the last person to pick. Uh, snake draft so it goes backwards they pick their second die and goes back to the first player and when you pick those dice those dice have symbols on them you allow they allow you to take actions and then your actions allow you to build the city of rome and your influence in it um without going into too much detail that's pretty much the game um a big portion of the game is this uh aspect of sort of a tetris thing where you're building onto the seven hills of rome and trying to create buildings that have um, abilities on them. Uh, so building those buildings in the right locations next to the right people um, is a big part of the game. And honestly, I was super impressed. I, I enjoyed it a ton. Um, it is very complex for a roll and write, um, but I thought it had way more playability and was far more interesting than Twilight Inscription, which we had just played a few weeks earlier. So um, I thought it was... Which breaks my heart. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I like I like the theme of both. I love Rome, and, and I enjoyed the theme of, of Roman Roll, um, but um, I certainly love Twilight Imperium, and I love the theme of Twilight Imperium, and I wanted to love Twilight Inscription more. Um, again, we did not get a chance to replay it. That was one of the games that we had planned on replaying over Icon and didn't get a chance to do so. Yeah, I mean, um, we basically did Roll and Rome instead. Yeah, and I'm glad we did. Um, but I but wouldn't mind. I, I wouldn't also. mind. I wouldn't mind having like a, a an evening where we did both as a second play on both. Yes, so, a, a Roll and Write themed uh, evening, sure. 
Yeah. So the uh, Roman role has something similar to Twilight Inscription in that there are, uh, I think there's six different player boards and they all have different, um, the base actions are all the same, but the people you bribe, um, uh, the senators, some of your upgrades. Yeah, the thing the people you bribe that give you upgrades are all completely different. And then they all start with different starting resources and their boards are this the way they score are slightly different. Um so they're all unique, uh, much like Twilight Inscriptions, different races. So that's where you're gonna get and the buildings that you build in Rome are randomly selected from a deck of cards. And the only building you're guaranteed to get is the shrine, the religious shrine. And that one you'll have in every game. All the remaining buildings could be completely different each game. And there's enough buildings to make it unique. And it's kind of interesting to me um, that the buildings create um, resources. And because of the randomness and the limited number of buildings you get in each game, one resource is going to be far more common than all the others. In every game you play, you'll have one particular resource that's going to be more common because of that building is going to be available to you and the other buildings won't. And so the way you get the resources that aren't on the buildings is from the dice. And so it, it the dice all of a sudden have a, this ver- wildly uh, variable value in each game depending on which buildings are out. And, and so anyway, I thought that was quite unique um, and interesting. I, I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it again. And I know my wife didn't get a chance to play, and she was quite interested in it and would like to play it. I'm sure. One thing I will say, like I enjoyed the heck out of this game, and it was funny because I felt like we had several games this during this convention that um, they were over quicker than I expected, and not in a bad way. I it just like you know I think I think Roland Rome took us what. Did it take us probably three hours, Trevor, maybe two and a half? Yeah, I think it's close to three. We were learning for a big portion of that and got interrupted some. Um, but yeah, it was probably close to three. Yeah, and, and anyway, my point of bringing that up is just to say, like, um, it, they didn't feel like three hours. <laughs> no, um, and it it did what I think a lot of really good games do in that it really accelerated as the game progressed. So it felt like... When we first started playing the first few rounds, I looked at the board at the the ability, the the way that the game was supposed to end, and I'm like, this is going to take forever. And then you start building up these mach- this engine that's that's making resources for you, and mm-hmm. people started conquering, you know, nearby lands and building roads out to the various parts of Rome. And I realized, oh, I was dead wrong. This is going to end far quicker than I thought yeah. it was going to. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it did, um, you know, and it, yeah, I mean, I guess the the good part about it is even though it took us three hours and it did take us longer than it probably should have, we never felt like it was overstaying its welcome. So, so, um, Trevor, I can't remember if you said this already, but are, aren't there expansions to this also? Like, is all we played is the base game and is that all you have? Uh, that's all I have. Um, I believe there was a expansion that was released last year. Um, yeah, there's a Roman Roll Gladiators. I'm just looking at it here, and a Roman Roll Characters Expansion One and Characters Expansion Two. I believe the Characters Expansion were part of the the first Characters Expansion. Let me re- rephrase the first Characters Expansion. I do have. It is part of the. It is so the the uh, there's boards that that I handed out. One of the one of the expansion boards was the one that you played. Okay. 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 So the characters expansion, the very first one came with the Kickstarter. I do have that. The characters expansion two, um, I do not. It looks like it. In fact, according to Board Game Geek, that one just released this year. And you probably don't have you don't have the Gladiators one either. I do not because it again that one did not come with um, the Kickstarter. I only have what came with the Kickstarter. So the yeah. original game and the first characters expansion. So I don't know what those provide or what they do, um, but I am certainly intrigued. All right. Now we come to my game of the convention. Jay, did we answer your replayability question, by the way, on? I, yeah, I believe so. On Roman Roll. Okay. How, uh, how, my, many, how many games are, are left? Two. Okay. It's time to speed route. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but it's my favorite game of the show. Okay. Well, you can, you uh, can talk. I had connived Trevor finally into trading me this game. 
<laughs> we have talked about it on the show before, I think. I think we might have. So this is PAX Premier Second Edition, which is a card drafting area and tableau control game set in uh, 18th century Afghanistan, where you may or may not be trying to curry the favor of the British, the Russians, or Afghani warlords. Um, the main mechanic of the game is drafting from a double river of cards, and then those cards are going to get, you're going to build a tableau with those uh, a court uh, to it as, and the cards in your court are going to give you other abilities. Um, I go ahead. The beauty of this game, and I uh, we had a, my wife and I had a long conversation about it because she. She wants to like this game, but it's so hard. The The beauty of this game is that the the path to victory is not obvious in any no. way, shape, or form. Ever. No. Yeah. And, and the explaining the game is fairly simple in comparison to the complexity of winning the game. And winning the game is, honestly, it is one of the most difficult games, board games, I think I've ever played in seeing the matrix and figuring out how to win. Like it, it is every time I play it, it is just, it is not straightforward. You, you think that you're representing the Afghanis or the Russians or the British, and you're really not, you're representing yourself. It's really you're about representing your own. failure. That's what you're representing. <laughs> and, and so the game sort of presents you these cards that make you think that you're doing things on the board for these factions and you do these things and then at the end of the game, you realize that all the things you did to try to help the Russians or help the British or help the Afghanis didn't win you the game. And and it's like the most odd feeling ever that like you spent the entire game doing actions that you <laughs> thought were... Sucking up to those empires. Yeah, thought that you thought were good, good choices. And the truth is, is not a single one of those actions got you closer to victory. It, it, it is a beautiful, elegant game. Um, it is a lot of fun. Um, especially if you enjoy a little bit of brain burning. Tr- yeah, trying to outthink your opponents, um, trying to think ahead, trying to consider what how this is going to play out, and then learning when to strike, um, which is a big part of the game, is knowing when to strike. Uh, anyway, it's a fantastic game. Um, I traded it to Josh because um, he's the only person that will play it with me. I'm pretty much the only person to play with him, so I'm not I'm not afraid of trading it to him because I know that um, I will still get to play it. I am dying to play it again. I had so much fun with that play of it at the convention, and there were some shenanigans and some heartbreaks and like dizzying highs and heartbreaking lows, all of it. <laughs> and 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 the, I will say the one sort of limitation is you got to have three players. Yeah, that, that's and, your minimum player count. You know what I mean? And and it's better at four or five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because then there are more people that you can try to connive into shenanigans. I, and the biggest problem is, is it feels like it leaves a a trail of broken gamers <laughs> behind. Like yes. you really need yes. to play it multiple times to know how to win and to be competitive at it. And it, you know, like your father, for example, I don't know if we could convince him to play it again. Yeah, we would have to like play Age of Atlantis with him, you know, to curry favor first or something. Like, have we? Has your brother played it with us? Yes, he hates it, and I hate him. <laughs> he does. Why does uh, he hate it? But because the path to victory is not, he can't see the matrix. Yes, that's right. Why. Yes, it defies his ability to see the matrix. I love it. We need to right. play it with him again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I would love to play this with Jay too, because I just feel like the way your mind works, Jay, that you would see it and you would just be like, "What is wrong with you, peasants?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is interesting, um, but winning the game, it is. You know, normally you you think about games and it's like, "Okay, I'm going to take this card, I'm going to do this, and I'll score these many points." And this game is nothing like that. What's the it's name just, of the game again? It's called Pax Pamir. Pax Pamir. It has like tons and tons of maneuvering. And there are basically the game has four times you score throughout the game. And it is like, Mm, yes. Yeah. You you essentially spend all of your time maneuvering for the scoring time. 
and then all and you of your think you're going to score, and then you're not going to score the way you thought you were going to score, and yeah, uh, yeah, and then the scoring comes, and you score nothing, and you're like, <laughs> why did I do all of that maneuvering and all that work to score zero points? Why have I dishonored my family? <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my game of show for sure. Um, final game uh, is super quick. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, I'll just I would just hear Trevor's reaction to it because I just taught him um, Cascadia, which is a tile drafting slash disc drafting game where you build kind of a uh, at least a Spiel des Jahres nominee maybe winner. Yes, it was a winner of its category. Now don't okay. quote me on which category it was because I I'm drawing a freaking, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Um, it's it was a it's a fun quick game. Um. I think that I would be willing to replay it probably two or three times, but then it would probably hit a wall where I wouldn't be interested in playing it anymore. So I, it is it is a light game. It's one of those games that I think you could take to family and they get them to play it and enjoy. Um, but as a more robust, hardcore-style gamer, it's just really not my cup of tea. So, um, But again, it, it's, good, it's good enough that I would gladly play it again uh, several times, but it would just... Eventually, I would, you know, so that I guess that's my reaction, um, which for me is for a game as light as that one is, is pretty glowing praise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you have it, Jay. OK, there I have it. Uh, Support your local know. game conventions. They're all so awesome. That's also true. Uh, let us know if you guys have any thoughts on these games.